0: This is episode 70 with Mike Chabala. Welcome to The Athletic Mindset. I am your host, Corey Camp, former Division I swimmer, forever athlete, and personal performance coach. Today, I sat down with Mike Chabala, a two-time MLS champion and 10-year pro. When Mike stepped away from soccer, he was faced with a dilemma. Everywhere he looked, he struggled to find an environment that matched the championship locker room culture he was accustomed to throughout his career. So he decided to create his own through Sphere, a group fitness concept that intertwines soccer and connection beyond the gym to build the ultimate life culture excited to share his journey and insights with you all today. But first, I wanted to just acknowledge you all for helping us hit a huge milestone. We ended 2020 with 10,096 all-time downloads. This doesn't happen without your support. So thank you. I'm looking forward to continued growth here. And if any of these stories resonate with you, please, please, please share them with others that could benefit from them as well. Now let's get to it. Please welcome on Mike. Mike first and foremost, welcome to the Athletic Mindset. Appreciate your time on this beautiful Monday morning. How are you feeling today? Awesome,
1: man. Happy to be here. Grateful to be alive. Have the ability to close out this twenty twenty season, man. It's been a year for sure. But yeah, man, I think what I've done lately is just practice gratitude, especially on Monday morning, set the week, intention. I'm big on clean slates and just like a soccer game, right? So each and every time you get to go to practice, I look at it like in each day and you know, obviously turning into December start a new week start a new month it's uh it's a good day to be alive
0: man it's hard to believe man i feel like we blinked and we're in december this will be airing actually in the new year uh, which will be uh, more harder to believe you touched on soccer there obviously a big part of your career and your life doing some digging man i was really interested to learn that you ended up going to live abroad in austria when you were as young as eight is that right
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, right place, right time. My parents lied about my birth certificate and I was eight playing on like an under 11 team. I mean, I just scored a couple goals. Some scout was at one of the games I, w- I was playing in San Diego at a really big tournament. Talked to my parents. Next thing you know, I got a scout in my hometown. Next thing you know, I'm on a 747 flying across the the world to go in Vienna. Yeah. That really kind of sparked my soccer career.
0: I was about to say, what was that like leaving home at such a young age? And what was that structure like over there versus, I guess, the soccer structure in the States here?
1: I, In my mind, it was the best time ever. I wasn't homesick. I was this little stud, eight-year-old speaking German and, you know, just able to, like, navigate, you know, these massive cities and doing all the cool things. But my mom says – Otherwise, racked up a lot of collect calls. I don't know if anybody knows what that is, but it's prior to like phone devices and whatnot. It was a blessing. It was a great experience. I grew up really quickly. I was managing my own money. I was in a foreign country. I had to get myself to and from practice school. My whole life, I've been surrounded by strangers, but putting an eight year old in a foreign country, live, you know, take care of himself is a whole other world. And man, talk about just common sense and, you know, just your, your awareness and, you know, just your street IQ, if you will, man, I think for me is one of the biggest blessings and just being able to like read situations and just be very observant in my, in my surroundings. I think what's been really beneficial as an entrepreneur, soccer player was just knowing how to work within a team and feeling that dynamic and understanding where I need to object and where I need to kind of step side. But yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a wonderful opportunity and experience and one that I can't believe my parents actually let me do, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was awesome. I mean, the soccer was fantastic. I mean, obviously in Europe and and around the world, I mean, kids are signing contracts at four or five, six, seven, eight. Like that's normal. Like signing kids at like these youth contracts, like this is at 10, I I got offered my first contract in Europe. My parents wanted me to go to college. So once you sign a pro contract, you can't Mm -hmm. go to college or get a scholarship. So, um, that's when I came back at 10, but you know, in most of the world, they start these like developmental technical academy trainings to really start working and grooming players to be playing in t- tight spaces to start essentially learning your ABCs, you know, one, two, threes, and just going through what it takes to um, be able to play at the top level. Now, whether you make it or not, as you progress athletically and just mentally is, is a different story, but that was really the key for me to build a really good foundation I just go back to technically, right? So that was, I was able to like really get ahead of most American players because I was mm-hmm. in, you know, a really great system.
0: Yeah, I love that. You touched on, you said, obviously the technical aspect physically. From a mental standpoint, you touched on it as well. What was the biggest takeaways from that experience for you? Being
1: alone, and I say being alone, but just, I mean, there's just nobody to, to cry to. There's nobody there to just, lean on right so it's just like like I got to get this done I mean this is obviously I'm just playing soccer and I'm having fun but yeah I mean I, I mean, I just think it's the, the confidence that I ad- adapted acquired inherited through these experiences of being alone and that's on the field and that's off the field and I think just that alone I remember coming back to the United States and I literally remember and it sounds really poor but my parents couldn't tell me anything. I was like, I have more, I, I'm, I'm, my parents bless their hearts. Like they gave me everything that they didn't have because they wanted me to have those opportunities. They didn't travel the world. Like they probably have hardly been out of the country. I don't even know if they have. So for me, it's like, you can't tell me anything because I've done something that you haven't done. And I just, and it, it sounds very egotistical and, and I don't mean that in like a super serious or negative way. I just, I just felt like a another sense of maturity. It's crazy to say it like 10 Mm-hmm. But I just felt not say much more accomplished, but I just uh, just I say go back to like just the the confidence, you know, not only the training but just the experiences that really helped build that foundation. Because I just you can be a great player, but if you lack that mental strength, confidence, in your mm-hmm. ability, I think it's really challenging for a youth player, and especially now, I can't imagine having kids and having and it being in this current environment trying to play a sport, right? With so much social media, with so much criticism. And and so I just think that was really, really helpful for me to kind of develop that at an early age.
0: Yeah. I was about to say, it sounds like it made you definitely wise beyond your years, definitely beyond the, You might've been physically 10 years old, but mentally you're probably playing at a higher level. What I thought was really interesting too, with your story was going on to get that full ride, full scholarship at Washington You were a three-year captain. What was that like being in the captain role as a sophomore? Because not too many people experience leadership roles at an early age, but I think you transcend that.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, so it's interesting because
0: like when I first got set up
1: and like when I was going to the University of Washington, like I didn't expect to be like in that position from the very beginning. I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, I mean, I, there was, I was one of two players that that was on a full scholarship. I mean, obviously all the players knew I'm showing up to this, you know, university, I'm a freshman, I'm a little scrawny guy. And there's all these, you know, 20 something year olds that are all, you know, doing really well in college and probably were upset that I was coming in in this situation. But my coach was like, I'm building this team around you. And the guy that had the other scholarship was a senior. And it was one of those just like, Hey, like, we're grooming this guy, right? Like they just, from the very beginning, was like, this is going to be like the leader and this is going to be the person. Bye guys, we'll see you later. So I just, I I would just say like growing up, my grandpa was a 27 year army veteran. Like he was a Lieutenant Sergeant Major. I mean, I I was raised by him. I, I was in a very strong household, faith, God first, family first. And like this guy just built a foundation for me to just say like, this is what a leader looks like. I don't know how to describe it and say like, oh, I was born to lead. I just, maybe some are, some are given it you know, some acquire it. But I think that there's some part of me that I, I just was, I was meant to just kind of be out in front. So anyways, yeah, I mean, it was just going to the University of Washington. Obviously the coach flew down to California to come see me and just said, Hey, like I want to build a team around you. I want you to be like, you know, my guy. And it's like, okay. But getting there and going through, I mean, I wasn't, captain when i first got there let's put it that way and Mm -hmm. i mean i had the worst freshman year i almost probably dropped out of soccer because of other reasons a lot of responsibility sometimes right and it's just like in soccer and in life you 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 get to a level and then there's always somebody better than you there's always somebody smarter there's always somebody faster and stronger and so you're the best guy in high school and then you start all over for college and then you work your way up and then you go to the pros and you're right back to the bottom again you build Mm -hmm. yourself up again and then you finish your career and then now you're an entrepreneur and you're like, okay, I got to build myself up again, which, you know, again, I, I'm so used to that cycle. So being an entrepreneur now, it's is part of the, as part of the process, but you know, being a captain, you know, it's just awesome leading. And I think learning, cause I don't think that I was, I was a different captain than I am now because I mm-hmm. led by yelling. I was, I, 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 my voice was doing more of the talking than my, than my actions. You know, I think that there's different types of leaders you don't necessarily need to always yell to get someone's attention or to inspire someone
0: to move and to play with you. Do you think your leadership style has kind of evolved or shifted towards more of that? Like, okay, follow what I'm doing. Let me set an example versus, okay, I'm going to be in your face and and motivate you that way.
1: Yeah, no, totally. I mean, you learn, right. And you see not only, as a professional soccer player, I mean, I was, I was on a winning championship team for two seasons. I mean, I was in a locker room with literally probably like, it was the most dynamic experience in my entire life, seeing these guys. And they were all level one leaders, level five leaders. Like they're all type A winners. Like these guys were the best and they're all captains from their own teams and they're all on the same team. And then I have a coach that's managing all of those individuals. And uh, even a general manager at the time that was leading this new club. I mean, man, I went through, so many amazing experiences from my grandpa, my grandpa to, you know, my collegiate experience as a pro, which I wasn't a captain ever, but I was in the locker room as a student. And so, yes, to, to answer your question, I definitely evolved. My my coaching style is much different. I've been so used to doing all the work myself mm-hmm. saying, I'm, you know, I'm the athlete, like the harder I work, the harder I train, the more I take care of myself, the better I perform when it comes to game day. Not necessarily how it works as an entrepreneur, although I do believe that leading by example, being able to show that I'm no better than you, I'm not, I'm not exempt from doing the little things, picking up the trash, washing the pennies, carrying the balls, moving the goals, you know, all those soccer analogies. And I think that builds trust and respect. And I think that's more important, especially when you're building something and you're, you're building a club because you know, it's just, it takes so much, right? When people have to be there, mm-hmm. when you're at a university and you're going to be going to college no matter what, and you're going to be playing for the team because you love soccer and you don't have a choice, like you figure it out and you just do it. But when you're building something from scratch and you're inspiring and, and motivating and encouraging people to join you to go on this wild ride, you know, that is not promise. It's a completely <laughs> different um experience and dynamic so you definitely and especially earlier on right i think just like a team right once it starts to get traction momentum confidence your coaching position changes as like how you need to lead especially as you get bigger right like Mm -hmm. you can't have the same coaching style for every single game or the same game plan because every day is different and so is your team and so is like as your team develops and grows so from like day one when it was just me to like year five we have a much bigger team. We have a different dynamic. We have more cash coming in the business. Now we have a lot of new opportunities and issues, but I've been able to like step out of maybe some of the smaller details and start working on the bigger ones. And so again, yeah, like leading by example has been by far, probably one of the most powerful tools that I I would say has helped me at, at this stage.
0: Yeah. I think it's pretty neat in learning a little bit more about sphere and what you do and, Are building there. It's really cool. Anyone that's going into the entrepreneur space, especially as a solopreneur that, you know, just being the only one running the business to get started, you really have to wear all the hats and you have to get comfortable with all of those things. And I really think that sets you up for success in a year five, so to speak, because you have done all of the jobs and you understand what goes into each one of them. And as long as you do a good enough job that your new team, whoever takes over that role from you, understands like, hey, there's a mutual respect between the two of you and kind of keeps you guys close knit rather than creating some space between the two roles, even though you might be the boss or the leader. Is that kind of what you've noticed as you've grown here?
1: Yeah, totally. The analogy for me is, I mean, growing up, I always played center midfield. So I was the guy that was in the middle of the field on a soccer team that literally did everything, right? I would defend, I would attack. You know, I wouldn't be responsible for all the defending, but I would do most of it. I wouldn't be responsible for scoring, but I was a part of it. But I look at, you know, entrepreneurship, that solopreneur, as you mentioned, very similarly, because it takes a very, I don't say high functioning, because I don't want to sound, again, like, egotistical, but I mean, I just, I I have ADD. Like I, I, they say in soccer, like your head is constantly on a swivel. Like you're always thinking five or six passes ahead. And that truly is like why I enjoy entrepreneurship so much and why I've I've probably have enjoyed and, and, and working so hard on this because it's the closest thing to soccer for me. I've been able to create a game like situation and create a season right? Each year, like I was playing before and I've acquired a team and there's opponents that we're playing against. But what I've learned over the past five seasons is that, I mean, I played on a team of 11 players. Like I played golf in high school, college a little bit. Love it. It's my favorite sport, but I wasn't a pro golfer. Why? Because I wanted to be on a team. I wanted to lean on others. I wanted to complement my skills and the ones that I lacked with others that were you know, valuable in different ways and positions. So I'm very comfortable as an entrepreneur giving up the lead of, you know, a CEO one day that will step in and maybe do a better job or a CMO that can do a better job or, you know, CFO, CEO, I mean, all these different positions, because I'm not, am not an expert in all those, right? So I think it was Richard Branson, just, you know, kind of a mile wide and an inch deep knowing and understanding how everything operates and functions so that if you need to do something, you can clearly step in. But by no means do you want to be an expert in one of them. And I think just, you know, those hats of the entrepreneur, hat of the, the technician, you know, the marketer, like well, you got you to gotta pick one eventually. And I think for me, I've, I've been able to spend time being the technician, you know, being like that entrepreneur and then now figuring out like, okay, I think I'm better suited to do more of the marketing, the branding and bringing people in to, to help us grow. But yeah, I mean, wearing all the hats is, is an exhausting <laughs> position, you know, and you and you quickly realize. Well, I think mean, a lot of people burn out is just, you just can't right, and also do you, you got to like kind of look at yourself and say, how big do you really want to be? Like, how big do you mm-hmm. want your team to be? Because there's a lot of people that run their own business. I mean, you're for you example. I mean, a lot of people, you know, if you can digitize it and you can you can figure out the right processes. I mean, sometimes you don't need need that. But for me, I mean, I want to build a global company. I want this to be something that goes around the world and impacts the entire globe, like, like, okay, we got a really long way to even the peak, you know, and it's going to, it's going to acquire a lot of people that are going to need to play a lot of different roles.
0: Yeah. I think the big thing there you're touching on, like you keep saying, you don't want to come off as egotistical. What you're explaining is the furthest thing from it. Like you're setting your ego to the side time and time again, and you understand that, while you do know how to do some aspect of your business that someone else you're open to the idea of someone else coming in and maybe doing it better and you're okay with that and that's the hardest thing to do i think with just the athlete mindset the the background that you have like you want to be in control but you also i think you're playing days in soccer being like okay well i know i can still be within control within my like role, but I'm going to have the supporting cast around me and I need that supporting cast for us to win this championship rather than me just have an awesome game. Like yep. and rather I win so the championship true. than have a, a personal best game. I'm assuming
1: hundred <laughs> percent. And one of my coaches at an early age always told me that, you know, a good player takes over the game and can, can be the difference, but a great player, you know, makes the players around him better. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and can win championships. I, and I just, I always go back to that mentality, like a great player is someone that makes the players around them better and brings the overall level of the entire team up. Um, rather than just focusing on the glory of that individual. So yeah, I always tell the team, like, do you want to play fast, go alone. If you want to go far, let's, we got to play together. And that mentality as an entrepreneur for me is, and I'm grateful just because I've always been a team player. I've always fit mm-hmm. into a role. I was a role player. And that's why I played for almost 10 seasons in MLS. Like I did my job and I gave the ball to other people that were really good at other jobs. And so as I continue to progress, the success of our company is going to be a a, a absolute correlation to how quickly I can pass that ball off and let other people do what they can do.
0: I love it. I love all that. I love sports analogies, obviously on this podcast, especially talk to me about sphere. You are five seasons in, as you put it, what was the concept behind it? Um, I'm familiar with it just with having doing research, but for those listening in yeah. and hearing yeah. it for the first time, what is Sphere?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, Sphere is a story of my life. It is a concept that, I mean, man, let me just say this. The, the beautiful game of soccer has given me so many amazing experiences, friendships, um, you know, opportunities. And it really, it's, when I say like keep the ball rolling, like my 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 hope is to give back to the game what is given to me. I think that's for every soccer player that hears that will resonate and say, I agree. And not necessarily soccer, but in any sport, right? And I think we all want to like inherently give back. So I think a a big part of me is soccer, fitness, uh, community, locker room, and more importantly, think charity, philanthropic endeavors. And when I was playing professionally, there were things along the way that I didn't like. There were things that, you know, I wished that were different and ending my career around the age of 30, going through some of the transitions that I experienced, helped me create a concept, a company to essentially fill in the gaps of things that were missing in the soccer world. And also for myself personally, that was a, a sense of community and connection that I was missing after finishing playing. I was looking for soccer inspired fitness similar to what i was experiencing as a professional and there was nobody there to help after i finished transitioning and or when i was finishing but when i was transitioning in major league soccer so a lot of those things were like the really the catalyst of me starting the company what i set out to create was a boat seek fitness concept to compete with a company like soul or barry's Bootcamp. i wanted to do like this lights down music up super energetic boutique Concept that would be be really awesome for the general fitness community rather than the soccer market. I wanted to focus on the adults rather than the kids. Well, I did that, but I had but I had no money, so I started out in the background optometry practice and was was working with this idea of creating this indoor concept. And I'm actually at the studio, so I'll walk in and show you in a second. But where I was was broke, and I just had a work ethic and I had time, right? So I really just wanted to create this boutique fitness concept and what I was really craving more than anything was the connection. Like I wanted to, you know, one day have a girlfriend, I wanted to make new friends. And so sphere really was this like idea about recreating a locker room. Like I really wanted <laughs> to, so funny stories regarding like the name and um, even the colors, but I long went into explanation. Sphere is a, a, you know, was a boutique fitness concept I wanted to create to compete in that, that, That boutique fitness world, and as we've like, as you know, five seasons, and as entrepreneurship, it's just like a game. You know, what you set out to do doesn't necessarily happen. It all we've we've been able to. I mean, Sphere is a soccer fitness company. It's more of a team, community, and network, helping people connect. And then I think Mm -hmm. a byproduct is we have some amazing modalities: online, outdoor, and indoor.
0: No, I I love the concept, and that's really why I got into coaching myself post swimming career was what are these intangibles that swimming gave me much like what are Mm. the intangibles that soccer gave you and how Mm. can I bring these to light for other people in a less like serious way. Like I realized I wasn't going to be the guy that's training like swim coaching the Olympians. That wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to just have more impact on the general population, and just get them to enjoy the sport that gave me so much. And That's why I really resonate with your mission and what you all are doing there, because it's more or less the same. It's just a different modality. You're doing it through soccer versus through a pool.
1: Right. Yeah. I love swimming, by the way, man. It's one of the best workouts for sure. But yeah, I mean, I think, well, finding your passion is just, you know, so important. Um, And then working backwards on like, okay, how can I make money doing it? I think for me, my passion as a soccer player was always the locker room. And Mm -hmm. going back to my story earlier on, when I was traveling the world and playing for these clubs and, you know, in these different countries, I was always in a new environment with new people. And I was never comfortable. I was always out of my comfort zone. I was constantly in these weird, unique spaces. And so for me, when I started to get older, I realized that it's very uncommon and it's it's, it's not as easy for others to step into those situations, to try something new, to meet that new person. So what do we do? We go to a bar, we drink mm-hmm. to get confidence to go talk to that person, or we have to go find these events that encourage us to connect, these networking events. And I mean, while I was moonlighting, I worked in brokered natural gas for two years. I worked at Morgan Stanley for six months. I was a private equity firm for six months. I really got to see what other adults do on a daily basis, sitting still and being uninspired and, and, and all all the list goes on. And so for me with, with in sphere, as I started to really gather those experiences, I realized the opportunity that I had as a, as an entrepreneur and a business owner to really create this concept to say, Hey, like, this is more than fitness. Like this is more than just like another fitness company. Like this is an actual opportunity to change the world, to bring it together, to offer something that doesn't exist to the world really. Right. At this point in time, like, so I was, I was wanting to like really kind of change the direction of not say like fitness, but just human connection. And that's where I really feel like sphere as a company has stayed in business during this pandemic and why we, we, we grew, grew, exponentially, you know, during this year is more so because I believe that prior to the pandemic, we were so disconnected. I mean, I felt mm. like this world is so connected because of these smart devices and Facebook and all that jazz, but we're so actually far, f- far away from each other. Obviously with the pandemic, people are putting it on their phones, they don't want to be on their devices. They want to go to the park and they want to ride bikes and kind of go backwards in time and say like, Hey, like, let's, let's, I think we took for granted some of these simple things that we just have overlooked because we're playing Mm -hmm. so fast, right? So that I feel like for Sphere and for us, a big advantage because we focus so much on that human connection, that community. And what I believe is like, you know, the importance of life.
0: Yeah, no, I very well said. I think this year has been an opportunity for all of us to slow down. And if you do it correctly, use our devices in a constructive way, rather than the Constantly being pushed to these destructive actions on it, whether you're falling into comparison against other people or you're just, I don't know, just being unmotivated and uninspired, like you said, in the corporate culture. I think you are doing a fantastic job with providing an alternative outlet for people that is way more health forward and productive than going to a bar, or going to a networking event. You're creating an environment that allows for organic connection which is awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah. So what's next for you and where can those listening in kind of tune in and, and follow sphere? I know you got the online platform going, where can people find you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just off of that, right? Like the unique experiences, the connection. I mean, that's really like my main objective is to continue to keep creating unique atmospheres and experiences for, for people to connect. And obviously it are soccer inspired, like that has been able to help us. But I, as as like our logo has evolved, like we removed the soccer inspired part, and it's just sphere. What's coming up for us? Look for an application. Really working through some R and D right now to kind of figure out what is missing and how we can help people connect. We're really working on kind of our process or flow from beginning to end, from the season of. Like right now, January, February, obviously a lot of people aren't necessarily on the ball for fitness. It's usually a time for community and family. It's been a weird year. I think a lot of people are ready to reset. But for our online platform, which is definitely one of the exciting things that we launched during the pandemic, we're really pushing a January one kickoff. I'm, I'm creating our, I guess I'll call it like our preseason schedule. So no different for you for swimming. Mm-hmm. You know, your coach sends you this. Six week training program that you got to follow and it's going to get you ready for the year. I'm doing the exact same thing for our company for anybody that is looking to kind of get themselves ready and moving. I'm creating a six week training program utilizing our online platform. So, not a lot of, I would say, nutrition, just some like basic guidelines like, hey, try and go to bed by 10, you know, stop eating Mm -hmm. by eight, drink a gallon of water, read a book, meditate, you know, stay away from processed foods, simple things like that. But I'm not trying to get into the weeds of like, hey, here's your micro or macros, like, you know, we're going to do this meal plan. I want to focus more on endurance because we're a soccer fitness concept. So mm-hmm. again, for me, it's not necessarily about lifting as much it's about making sure that you're moving and then utilizing our platform, which is really cool. So that is what we're really trying to push right now. You know, we're really next year. I want to get into some new communities. Our outdoor park program workout is so easy to pop up. So we're really trying to just take advantage of that. And our actual business model at the core is to license these classes to indoor soccer facilities. Mm -hmm. So partnering with those facilities and identifying them, but man, to be honest for me next season is just meeting new teammates, you know, trying to find some new communities and new market and just continue to just keep growing slow, steady. You know, it's obviously, I think as an entrepreneur you start to get a little anxious and Mm -hmm. trying to move faster, but this is a long, long, long season, long, long game. I keep, and I I always say this, I always associate my entrepreneur career with my soccer career. And I'm like, okay, on a scale of like, so I started playing soccer at four or five that, I, I mean, I'm 20, 30 years old. So I was 25 years of playing soccer, mm-hmm. maybe. Right? right. Okay. I'm year five. So like, I, you know, the 10,000 hour rule, I've, I've got so much to do and so much work to, uh, to still put in, but yeah, I mean, you can find me at Mike Chabala, um, on any Instagram, social media platform, my personal website, michaelchabala.com, but for our business, uh, sphere.club, we just type in sphere, soccer, fitness, we're on every platform possible. Yeah. Anybody's interested in connecting anything that resonated, happy to always connect and chat just like you and, share our experiences and hopefully just add some value to others, you know, that might be interested in starting their own company or, you know, even the dynamic of what I believe to create a winning team, right? Creating a, mm-hmm. a great, which I, I believe starts in the locker room. And I think that's one thing that I've separated our business from others is how we create a, a great experience for our teammates and how we create a better locker room than other businesses. So that when people come for the first time, it's like, wow, this is different.
0: I love that you're keeping the ball rolling. Year five on a long hey, journey here. You're ju- you're at, you're just getting back from Austria. That's where you're at in your entrepreneurial journey. It sounds like Mike. I just want to say I appreciate you the way you show up. Your vision for this world. It was an honor just having you on here and getting to know you a little bit more. So again, I appreciate the time.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed it, man. I appreciate that, and we'll have to get you out to Houston. Come kick it with us sooner rather than later. Okay, soon.
0: <laughs> Appreciate you all taking the time to listen to Mike's story. I think my biggest takeaway is how he continually shows up and gets creative to make his vision continue to come to life post-sport here. If you haven't done so already, like, subscribe, and share this episode with a teammate in your life that could use a boost. We recently hit 10,000 listens, like I said, and that doesn't happen without your help. Thank you a ton for your support, and let's keep it going. Remember, if you can change your mindset, you can change your life. I'll see you all next week.